Welcome, Welcome to, to Art with. <laughs> Fiona Verity. Say it again. Fiona? No. Fiona Verity. And Julie Nicholson. Okay, okay, I just need to have a bite and then we can go. Okay. Well, that's really good. Okay. Okay. Nom, 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 <laughs> nom, nom. Did you, are you pressure called? Yeah. <gasps> it's just dust eating. What's that called? ASMR. You know, when people mm. listen to sounds. Mm. It's, a real, it's a real big phenomenon. Is Have it? you heard of it? No. It's people like brushing hair. Yeah. So on YouTube. We don't brush our hair. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. can listen to lots of different sounds of people doing stuff like eating or. Oh no! Doing that or brushing their teeth or it's weird. My mother would have hated that. Ooh. My mum could not stand that mm. noise. No, that's, and that's a thing, misophonia. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, I don't like that too. No, no. Uh, mm, smacking of lips. <laughs> oh, it's like when my husband eats a grapefruit. Oh, <laughs> it's so, I hate it. I literally have to walk out the room. Only a grapefruit, though. Or anything like that. There's like a bit. A, yeah. It's, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tara Axford. Firstly, great name. <laughs> Love your name. <laughs> Sounds really strong. Thank you for welcoming us into your beautiful smelling studio. It's so delicious in here. I feel like I just want to lie down and have a little snooze. Um, Tara, thank you for having us. And I just wanted to share with the listeners a little quote that was on your website that I thought was quite good. And it sums up your approach to your art practice. And it says, the looking is the trick. All of us can look, but few can see. Seeing is looking with knowledge. The knowledge of what to look for and how to see it. Which was by Will Stubbs. So, Tara, straight in. Mm -hmm. Why that great quote? And who's Will Stubbs? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, oh, I may not be able to... Re- I can't actually remember how I came across that, but I do remember going to a series of talks that Fiona Chandler did at the Manly Art Gallery. Yes, I remember those creative, cir- creative what, circle. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was always people constantly talking about that art practice. Yeah. And I thought, well, <laughs> I'm in the shed and I'm doing. Does that mean I've got an art practice? Like, <laughs> when can you say... When yes. can you use that in a sentence? Yes. And so then I kind of thought, um, you know, I, at one point I needed a website and then I thought if I've got a website I can call myself an artist because that's what my website says I am. But then you have to come up with a statement and then yes. you have to kind of – and I find that, like Lily said last week or in one of your other podcasts about how um, doesn't everyone love writing about their work? And no. no. <laughs> I find that really hard, yep. all that um, – and whether it's, yeah, like, I don't know whether you need to have a master's or how you come across writing all that stuff. So, yeah, I was just basically trying to cobble something together that um, articulated yeah. what I did. Yeah. So it's very much, your your work is very much about looking and finding things. Yes. And again, like, I did a short course at National Arts School a few years ago and I was trying to work out what it was that I did and Often I thought, wouldn't it be great if someone could just come into my shed and just curate my stuff and tell me what it was that I do? Mm. And, yeah, through kind of that, then I kind of thought, oh, well, my thing's obviously, I guess it's nature. I guess it's kind of um, 
uh, yeah, collecting and looking at things. And, and again, so I kind of, I think it was just a process of elimination and then arriving so at that. So would you say that you're a mixed media artist? Yeah, that's my excuse because I can't actually um, just focus on one thing. Yeah, but no, no, no. I, yeah, no. Okay, so it, what would your explanation of mixed media be? Is that just everything? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I use everything. I like it all. Yeah, yeah it's not necessarily, because um, I've looked at that too, like what constitutes that term. Mm. And I think obviously it is like a bit of paint or a bit of charcoal mm. or, you know, graphite all on the one piece. Mm. So I kind of do do that. But then other weeks when I'm doing printmaking or mm. watercolour, then I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. not. I wouldn't call myself a painter, so... Um, no, yeah. but because I feel, Tara, I fall into the same bracket. And you know how when you're sort of listing the materials that on a piece, you kind of... I like to list them because I think they all have their relevance and one of them's not more important than the other. So I'll say charcoal, acrylic, um, collage. And I think... Because when I say mixed media, sometimes I feel like well, it doesn't kind of give all those beautiful materials their opportunity to shine but also if you go to a gallery and and an artist has got on the you know what it says their work is made from the medium there's often like 10 things on there are they mixed media do you know what i mean like yeah Yeah, i guess they are funny like i think you're just an artist okay yeah i don't know i don't know to me mixed media just i don't really know what it means yeah do you know what i mean and then the other thing I struggled with is media can be confused with um, technological media. Uh, so sometimes when you said mixed media, I think people expected it to be a video. Yeah, or like multimedia. Multimedia, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Very confusing. We need a new name. <laughs> so if anyone listening out there can I come up with a new name. artist. Na- All right, Julie. Because I think Keep I Keep it simple. Yeah, because I don't think just because you don't call yourself a painter doesn't mean you're not broadly an artist isn't it but I suppose people want to narrow things down and know what you do and like Lily was saying she doesn't call herself a painter and I think that Tara and I fall into this bracket as well that we use paint but I wouldn't necessarily say we are painters is it, I think it's an but then, interesting you know, thing. Like lots of painters do sculpture or yeah. stuff on the side, and they're not called mixed media. No, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, something to something to think about. Something. What about the word craft? How do you feel about that word? Well, <laughs> <laughs> being of a certain age, yes, um, and growing up in the seventies, it was definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, and then even in going in high school in the 80s, I was mm. so excited mm. when macrame was offered on a Wednesday instead of sport. Was it? Seriously, I did not need to do any more sport. That's yeah. so amazing. I wish they was at my school. We had to freeze our, our what names off, playing hockey on icy fields. So I do have a soft spot for craft. Yeah. But then I think in that... Um, Kind of, yeah, the professional world of um, trying to exhibit stuff, yeah. um, it becomes harder. But then I think the world of textiles and fibre arts. Yes, it's completely is, different. It's and I think yeah. craft has had a has a different focus now with things like craft week becoming such a big thing. Yeah. I think there definitely has been a change. But there's still a little bit of a, it's like hobby. I can't stand that word. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. So tell us about your journey into becoming an artist. How did you 
did you, you did you go to yeah. college so I did but I didn't do fine arts or visual arts um, because it was the end of the 80s and um, having emigrated from England to Australia in the early 80s Australia was so far away um, and I just thought trying to survive as an artist and probably as a female how could you possibly support yourself Mm. and then a family and then how could you have independence financially if you took that path? Mm. Um, Very hard. Yeah, and back at high school, you know, when you identify yourself to the careers advisor as creative, they're like, well, you can be an art teacher or you can Mm. be a commercial artist. Um, They didn't say go off and be a fine artist. Mm. So I just didn't think it was a realistic thing. So I ended up doing graphic design and photography. and um, At at uni? Yeah. Yeah. And then a postgrad in design. But I'd always made stuff um, and my family, my dad taught himself how to be a jeweller and my mum was always making stuff as well. Yeah, so So you come from a good long line of makers. Yeah, like we actually had a craft room. There you go. And I see. everyone had a craft room and we called it the craft room. Oh. And we all had our own desks. Shut Stop up. it. I, my God, you Tara, are. Tara, tell us about the craft room. <laughs> she, she, she is Enid Blyton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop her, it. Was the lashings of ginger ale? Was that your mum instigating that? Um, it was funny. Like They just lived in a quite a small semi-detached house, but I think it had one big lounge room. And at some point before I was born or when I was like toddler, they divided it so that they both had a room. Um, and then they dividing the room was a tropical um, fish tank. And on one side was a bar on the oh, tropical fish tank. What? <laughs> no one ever came round. Early adopters, of course. Cool. Right. You had a bar with optics. <laughs> well, we had a bar in our lounge room. Stop it. Yeah. Dad made it. <laughs> I don't remember anyone ever standing there or making drinks, but it was no. definitely there. Same. Yeah. yeah. I used to go and sniff all the drinks. <laughs> And so on the other side of that was the craft room. Dad had his desk and then mum had hers and she had a little kiln and um, she did enamelling. So we used to go in up wow. to London or whatever and go to the craft shows. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. So then he was a member of the local Lapidrian Mineral Society. Oh. And so we used to go for wait a minute, wait a minute. little rocks and what's yeah, la- like lapidry. your amethyst yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Tiger's eye, malachite, <gasps> all those polyps. Yeah. So back in now. Um, so we used to have all that, and then because he was an engineer, he was obsessed with machines, so yeah. he used to polish all the stones, and then he wanted to mount them, like in um, pendants and rings and stuff, because um, they used to do little jewellery shows. So like Tupperware, they used to go to people's houses and oh. sell jewellery, and then occasionally we'd go to, um, not like the south of England, like not that big, but those sort of little community shows yeah. where we had stalls. So fun. And once we went to one where we had to dress up in period costumes, so we had little mop hats and aprons. Oh, it's my dream. Oh, my God, it's all coming back. Oh. And I, at the time, was making peg dolls, you know, from the old Dolly I used to make them. And I took a whole lot of stuff because, you know, what else am I going to do while mum and dad were selling their wares? And as I was making them, um, these old ladies came up to me, oh, that's nice, dear, how much for those? And I thought, what, like, people want to buy this? You know, oh, one pound fifty, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and so that I could just made them faster and put them all out in front of me, oh. made little price tags. Yeah, winner. So yeah. you had like a sort of almost an education in commercial arts, which is fab on the sort of ground roots mm. of doing it. Mm. So yeah, I was about ten and eleven then. Um, Maybe that's when you went. I don't know if I can make. 
any money out of this. I know. You used to kind of, by the time you were making the third one, you kind yeah. of would uh, yeah. lose interest in yeah. sort of wanting to make more. So then I'd just diversify and make other things. Yeah. Do you um, think that's why the scale of your work is quite small? <laughs> Honestly, like from from having a, a room and your dad with a bench, like it sort mm. of contains it. Do you think that's why your work is smaller than large scale? Yeah, and just that short attention span of yeah, um, and having also trying to um, balance the creative thing with working full time over the last you know whatever yeah. decades. Um, it just would be too ambitious to start big things. So yeah, small things were much more doable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm, it practical. makes a lot of sense. So tell us about your, your you know, other job. <laughs> so I, you, from my research, you were an art director for over 25 years, I yes. believe. For, for Are we going to say who? Or do we not need to do that? <laughs> so I started off with home magazines and then um, travel magazines and then more recently um, Good Weekend, which is part of the Sydney Morning Herald and Age yeah, I like the Good Weekend. So do magazine. I. Best Very bit. Good. Best bit. I never read no. the rest. Always just did the Good Weekend. Same. So when you say art director, what would be your day-to-day role? So I also worked with um, creative director. So he is amazing and he kind of set the tone and the style um, for everything. And so in some ways I always felt like... Um, a large part of my role was kind of like a sous chef, like you just kind of mm. your assistant to the head chef, and yes. you're getting the stuff ready and you're doing all the prep, yeah. and you're also making sure that everything's ready mm. to be printed. So it's a weekly magazine, so it was quite intense, and you're often working on three three issues at once. Mm. Um, wow! And in the last couple of years, there's been more of an online thing as well. Mm. So yeah, being part of a team and trying to work out. Um, so what large part of my job was to commission illustration. So that was fun. Um, and even, you know, sometimes you'd go, oh, wouldn't it be good if I was doing that? But then it's a different headspace that you can't really sort of think about something conceptually and be in production mode at the same time. And often just the pace is so Mm. quick as well. Mm. How did you source those illustrators? Um, an agency. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, oh, wow. probably, you know, have a couple. Yeah. And then it's just good. So in terms of, um, you know, just like really basic things of dealing with an artist. So if people did email me um, that they, you know, express their interest in wanting to illustrate for the magazine, that's all well and good. But sometimes you actually just need them to be on contract. So it was better yeah. for me to deal with an agency because yeah. we already have the contract and also the agent can deal with any issues going backwards and forwards. Yeah, definitely. They know they're artists. So mm. um you know, if, if you're like, no, nah, that just didn't make it, like the agent can kind of um, mm. ease them into. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And when you're on deadlines like that, you sort of need an artist that's going to deliver. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So over the 25 years working in print media and then online, like how did you see it change? So Good Weekend is still a print publication, but online I guess is a lot of the support. So, um, you know, another member of our team, her job would be to prepare all the Insta stories and um, do a lot of the um, yeah, Instagram and Facebook and mm. uh, and also working with the newsrooms to work out how we were going to promote our stories each week. Mm. So that became um, much more of a thing in the last two years, working more with the newsrooms themselves, whereas prior to that, the magazine sent, tended to be quite separate from the newsrooms. Yeah, so because you, you were your own entity. So how, mu- how many people do read 
the publication online. Did, I don't. I don't. Don't need exact figures. It's almost like a politician question, doesn't yeah. it? Why don't you know the stats, <laughs> Tara? I know the yeah. because they said to buy something. <laughs> um, but I'm just wondering how many people consume. Because for me, the good weekend, the yeah. great thing about it was it was the touch and feel and smell of it. You know, it was. Yeah, you know, with and the p- online audience is quite different, and yeah. that was always one of the frustrating things that we put a lot of time and effort into choosing the cover mm. and the cover photography and the design of the cover, and the cover is not seen online. Mm. Literally, because that's why it. you would pick it up because it comes part of a package, mm. doesn't it? So you get. I'd always remember my neighbour would get the paper, and I'd be like, "You'd nick it, yeah." I'd try Serious. And- yeah. And in cafes too, like it's yeah. such a big presence totally. on a Saturday um, just to see it in mm. cafes. Absolutely. You'd always like pinch that first and my husband wants the sport yeah. so everyone's happy. But how do you think, you know, for emerging artists, like we get approached sometimes by art magazines as all emerging artists would to invest money by advertising in art magazines and we never know whether this is going to be a tangible benefit to us is it something that people actually look and buy from? Like, it's is is it is it all online now? Is print media in the arts still a thing? Yeah, I think you know, often for art magazines specifically, perhaps it's only artists that are actually the ones looking at the art magazines. Mm. Like, for people to buy and collect the work, I don't think necessarily they're the people consuming the art magazines. No, maybe more the interior magazines. I don't know. So, yeah, I kind of think, um, yeah, as an artist, you probably do want to get your work in front of stylists that are working on interior magazines because you're more likely to have someone flicking through, um, you know, a revamped or um, lounge room or whatever and then or bedroom yeah. and see the work and go, oh, yes, you know, mm. I want that kind of art in my house mm. as well. Do, do, does The Good Weekend actually have, does it, you know, have stats on what gets bought out of the magazine or that's just up to the people that are advertising they they're not concerned with that yeah i mean the sort of homewares and um purchasing sort of uh that kind of area is quite small in good weekend because it's mainly a features-based long-form journalism Mm. uh, publication um but when we do run the style pages um yeah, there's a huge response often to the things that are selected and mm. um, the advertisers are always, I mean, so they don't pay for that. They're sourced and um, curated yeah. by um, the person who does the page. Uh, and those people are always amazed at how much the phone rings. Yeah, the, the I, I love it when mm. they do the little, you know, when you do the page with all the top picks in. Yes, that was one of the first pages. Yeah, yeah I like And then one. you'd play the game of with your friend of which one. I'm like, I'll have that one, you have that one, I'll have that one. Do you not play that? No. Oh, yeah. No. It's just like filling up your basket friends. online. Yeah. Yes, no. you do. So like Hundreds of friends. So you were doing quite a high-pressure job. So when did you start making stuff for yourself? I mean, obviously, you've always been doing that, but when did you sort of take that a bit more seriously? Yeah, so I've always done it, and then I think it was just in that uh, – at last lockdown that kind of just broke me you know that whole mm. when it started out it was going to be two weeks in may and i thought yes i can respond to this i'll do a drawing every day i'll have 14 days of drawings and then it ended up being five months and towards the end of that i just thought man like two years of my life has just gone um and i felt really privileged to be able to have the job that i had um and it gave me structure to be able to cope with all the changes that were happening Mm. but then I just thought I wonder if I can just do something different so um so yeah so that was um 
that was great that they let me have the year off as a sabbatical, so 12-month break. So now I've got technically more time, but because um, <laughs> I'm also working, uh, doing some work for Fibre Arts Take Two um, because I had an online course um, that we put together a couple of years ago. So that kind of was also um, – so it's not like I'm just sitting around going, "What will I make today?" Yeah. I haven't quite worked out yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you've just, yeah. So you you've got a great online platform. You've got over thirty thousand followers on your Instagram. Really? Which is yeah. Come on, that's a lot. Tyler. So that is so many. It's how, fantastic. How, how have you built that? Yeah, it kind of just has been sort of an organic thing. And it's interesting, like, when people talk about the algorithm and then um, reels and things affecting things differently. Um, and it is a bit disheartening sometimes to just sort of look and, and, you know, like I literally might have 70 follows for the week, but then I'll have 50 unfollows. Mm. So you kind of think, oh, well, that didn't work out. But, <laughs> um, Do you post every day or? I was, and in the last couple of weeks I haven't done as much. But, yeah, that kind of was my... But you're very generous as well, I think, in the sense of I really enjoy your feed because you go and see things. So for me, it's as much about learning what appeals to Tara as much as seeing your work. And I like the way that you pepper other people's things with your work. You know, to me, it's interesting. And you're very, yeah, you're very generous. You came and looked at the group show that I had and gave it a wonderful review. (laughs) And you've also got a really good... Um, Pinterest account. Ah, yes, that's a little bit neglected, but apparently that's a good thing to have. Yeah, and, yeah, um, I've heard that. But I've never yeah. really got into Pinterest. I don't know. Oh, I can't Again, get it's into just, anything no. these days. Well, it's also time consuming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you got to pick. I think do one well is probably the yeah, that's the true. best yeah. piece of advice, doesn't it? But what the do you think it helped a lot having this online course for all kinds, all of your parts of your art practice? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose they all feed into each other and you don't necessarily know, um, you know, which one sort of comes first or what helps one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose a lot of people would often comment, like, what do you do with all the work that you have and where do you sell it or when are you going to have an exhibition and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. And I kind of gravitated more into um, sharing and... um, in terms of wanting to have uh, some sort of workshop and thing. Because the last time I decided to take a break from magazines, my it was about 20 years ago, um, and my children were just in primary school. And um, that was such a hard slog because that was actually before the internet. So literally making up flyers and walking mm. the streets and putting it in the letterbox and mm. – you know, because I thought surely people want to do art classes. Mm. And I remember approaching the local community centre and I had this idea for a course, get in touch with your creativity, because I just wanted to kind of, it's going to sound a bit, you know, high, but just debunk that myth of, um, oh, I can't draw. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, sh- you know, I just kind of thought, surely there's people that just are stuck You thought in everyone their, had a craft room, didn't you? Stuck in their day job. <laughs> but they were, like, so many people go, oh, I was creative at school. Yes. Then, like they're in a job and they'd never yeah. do anything. But do you yeah. not think that's quite common in, I don't know whether it's in the UK as well, but you know. You're how- the flag of Australia again. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. But you know how in France we always say this. We, you know, people wouldn't say, Sweeping I can't statements. draw. They don't though. But, and, but here people wouldn't say, I can't kick a football. It is, we are sport obsessed in Australia. Yeah, so, it, what? You can't kick a football. I can't throw a ball, kick a ball, do anything with a ball. 
I would make a print no, with a ball. Look, I think also it depends on where you live in the UK and Australia. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sure in certain parts there's a lot more of a creative community. Yeah. You know. But yeah. then, so who's in your community? Do you have an arts community? Well, I guess the the, the whole sort of Instagram thing is like yes, definitely. Especially in the last few years, it I really did see it like as a portal. Yeah, because you know the work thing was quite repetitive, and obviously we weren't in the office. Um, so just being able to connect with that community. Um, so yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, I had been with or communicated or spoken to other creative people. Um, somehow, um, even if I wasn't face to face. Yeah, definitely. So tell us a bit more about. So these we're just looking now. Obviously, the listeners can't see these, but we will take some photos and put them on the in the show notes. <laughs> Julie's going to be one of those. What are you talking about? Looks. So I want to talk about your pocket finds, Tara, because I just I love the way. And also, you you did an exhibition called Shelfie. Love that. <laughs> Um, so you're obviously clever with these fun little um, ways of turning your um, ideas into physical artworks, but you're quite happy to just make these things. Is that? But you're what finding these yeah. you, all these pocket finds are stuff you found on walks. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of just like to amuse myself. Yeah. And um, so they're so cool, though. I love them. Kind of, yeah, going for that walk. And it started off, I suppose, years ago, um, going away for the weekend with the family and everyone's doing their thing, like you get to the space and I would just naturally collect stuff like off the beach mm. or, you know, whatever. And then I didn't want to lug it all home or, you know, I wanted it to be ephemeral and keep it in the place. And so I would like to start <laughs> by taking little arrangements kind of like as a memory and like a kind of um, a ah, souvenir of the place. Like Goldsworthy. Yes, yep. definitely. So you make it in situ, photograph it and leave it. Do yeah, you leave it for well, other people to find? <gasps> no, it was yes. that amazing. Because I know that there are other people that do that. But it was more just like a little souvenir for me. Like we went away for the weekend. This is the place. This is what I found. They're fantastic. Like they really are. Yeah, this is what I arranged. And like as a kid, I love them. You know how you go to like the National Trust place and you're allowed to buy a pencil or a postcard? Oh. Or yeah. Both. Or a rubber? Yeah. Oh. So, or a badge. <laughs> yeah. So was that, like, I was obsessed with postcards, so I kind of wanted to almost do my own little postcard. Yeah. Um, so it all came from that, and then, you know, just sometimes like, you're walking along and you just see a leaf and you just think, yeah. oh, my God, like, look at the Every colors. day, every day, I Tara. Yeah. I try and, every time I see something like that, I just try and point it out to the kids. Just open their eyes to what's around them that yeah. is so beautiful like a leaf on the ground or this amazing stick or the when it rains how the trees just like shine and but you're very obviously very attracted to nature yes and and because all of your finds are pretty much organic or they are with the addition of what i find beauty in the sort of things that have been sort of squashed yeah. and but not plastic there's there's no. N- no but it's all like you know beautiful bottle tops i love it when i find one of those rusty old bottle tops that's been run over about eight thousand mm. times and you think of yeah. the tradie that's had the beer about yeah. 10 years ago but you've got an aesthetic that sort of like keeps that. it all yeah. overall in a sort of <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The colours, like it looks very organised in that in the colour sense and the tone. Yeah, but that's that's Tara, the clever magazine lady, I think, isn't it? Do you think? I, like, I could say it's a bit contrived and sometimes I think it's a bit like 
you know, am I just playing doll's house? Am I just like arranging stuff and it all just looks like neat and pretty? But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, this is just seems to be what I do and this just comes out like that. Yeah, yeah well, but it's got an aesthetic, like you've got a consistent body of work, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like it's consistently, you've obviously got a style going on which is great like you can recognize that as yours definitely but obviously it just comes naturally to you i think yeah it's taken a while to evolve because um yeah you know we've got a hashtag pocket finds 2021 and 2022 <laughs> uh so you know anyone can play along can um, they i love that well, so you upload your what you found and you, you have to arrange it and take a photo there's not rules yeah, are there Tara? yeah no that's it you oh, literally good. just like Put stuff in your pocket, take it home, photograph it, um, and then you can upload it to the Pocket Finds hashtag. Oh, how exciting. I love that. But what for you, what, where next with these? Or are you just happy to make them, photograph them, and then you're done? Or or do you want to see? Or Because I've seen these works printed, beautifully displayed in a gallery. I think they look fantastic. Is that is there more purpose for them, or are you just happy to be making yeah, I'm a bit obsessed about the doing and the making. Mm. But I did have an exhibition four years ago that was a combination of abstract watercolour and the pocket finds. And I just thought, like, breaking up, deconstructing um, grevilleas and things like that. Mm. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Like, this is kind of a little bit different. But then, I don't know, I don't know whether people got it. And then I mm. was part of an exhibition at the um, creative space. They had them different themes, fire, air, water. Yes. And mine was the fire one. And I remember being on gallery duty and mine um, was response to fire and people standing in front of it and going, oh, but it looks 3D, but how did you do this? And I was like, well, I just arranged stuff and photographed it and then got it printed. But it looks, but how? And it was, yeah, and so I'm not sure whether it necessarily translated or what. And then just that thing of constantly wondering what appeals to people you know you just do yourself in knots mm. yeah. about what's going to sell yeah. and do you think that's because you've worked so long in the commercial you know the publishing world so you're conscious of a product as opposed to you've got a beautiful process or is it yeah I, don't know. I think when I started out I was approaching it from a commercial point of view mm. but then once I realized like also, then I had things available on my website to sell mm. um, in terms of prints and shipping. But you know, to be honest, that whole idea of trying to work out, um, you know, print on demand, so just getting the order first and telling mm. people it would take a you know a couple of weeks to fulfil, and then going to the post office and packing it all up, I just I wasn't really interested in that. Like I'm just, no, I think it's really refreshing to not do the posting to, business mm. <laughs> to hear that you're really happy with that circle of creating. You know, finding, creating, you know, shut sharing. Door. sharing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm. And I was lucky that, you know, I had a full-time job, so I didn't need it to be an income yes. source. Sure. And now you've got – so tell us more about this um, online course because it looks fantastic. So it's with – Fibre Arts Take Two. Okay, we'll put it who, in the who, show notes. Who are they? So they're a husband and wife team um, and it's just been – it was just – I had taught with Fibre Arts Australia once um, and did a five-day workshop, which was something that I had never done before, so I was a bit sort of scared by that. Um, And then after that, we were talking about doing an online workshop. And I remember saying to her, um, Angela, 
oh, like it'd just be great. Like imagine if I just said to people, go and collect like leaves and stuff and all around the world, like whatever neighbourhood you're in, like just collect stuff and then photograph it and then we can have postcards and then we can all just share the postcards that we've done. So it literally started off like that. Um, yeah. And but then, how fab. I love a postcard. Bring back the postcard. So pocket finds is part of the course as well. Um and then, you know, it's been interesting as people come across that and they're like, but what's this for? Like, why are we doing this? And um, But it comes back to that looking in the seeing. Yes. Because then, you know, when people actually have to pull apart bits and pieces and arrange them without them kind of knowing it, it's all about composition and observing shape. So then as the course progresses and they're asked to, you know, find their visual language and all that sort of thing, mm. um, they can look back at what they've found and created um, at the beginning. Mm. So, yeah, it all kind of just feeds back. So there's a documentation of it that people can go back and see what they've learned and go forward. Is it is it a live course or something you download? Um, it's all pre-recorded. So there's a series of modules that people work through. Mm. So And it's just kind of... It runs at a limited time, so rather than being available all the time, um, it's so the last intake was in February this year, and then kind of I interact in the Facebook group for like nine weeks, and then um, we have an mm. online exhibition at the end. Well, that's good. Mm. So there is an interaction with you. So if people are doing the course and are a bit sort of lost, they yeah. can, yeah, well, and they great. can build a community as yeah. well. Yeah, because I think that's a lot <coughs> of it, isn't it? Is I think people. Like-minded artists, yeah. yeah. And looking for that um, community of other creatives in order to sort of get them moving forwards with whatever they want to do. Yeah. Have you Which, got people from all over the world doing the course? Yeah, yeah. And that's been interesting with the pocket finds where people are like, uh, it's actually, you know, minus 20 outside at the moment. <laughs> Just find some nothing. snow, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. yeah, and then one student did all this fantastic interpretation of ice and then oh, pocket wow. finds on top of ice because yes. obviously the background's white. Excellent. Um, and nice. that's been really good. And also because it has run during the pandemic, it actually worked out really well for that sense of sort of armchair travel of people walking their neighbourhoods and sharing yes. that with people in the community. That's true. And everyone really valued that hour they were allowed to go for a walk yeah. and everyone was walking it was great yeah, yeah people really got back well and you were telling us about the shelf exhibition that you did online during lockdown because you were a bit frustrated not going anywhere yeah so tell tell us about that <laughs> i love it yeah because like uh, fiona was saying you know i do love to go to galleries and um but then again that's always like tricky trying to balance that time but then when I go, I kind of think, well, I'm here, I need to photograph it so I can share it with other people that, you know, can't make it to the gallery. And then because we weren't allowed to go anywhere, I thought, well, maybe I'll just make my own exhibition. Oh, I love and it. so I've got this little tiny sh- uh, shelf in the shed here. And, um, yeah, and so it kind of started with just picking bits and pieces from my collection that I already had and then to give me something else to think about during the week. Yeah. I kind of thought, well, let's theme it. So um, I did it for 20 weeks and in my lunch break I would sort of come down to the shed and whip up another one. So I had all week to put together little bits and pieces and photograph it. It's great. Is there a hashtag shelfie? Oh, uh, there was one not created by me. But, oh, um, so good. I suppose it's, it's a good thing for people to just start getting creative with just i know there's you know lots of things on instagram that you can do or what's one you take a 
photo every day for 100 days or you do a drawing every, yeah. like it just starts to create pa- practice for yeah. people doesn't it it's, a, isn't there a hundred day i think a hundred days day is yeah, yeah, yeah that, exactly that's a good one are you making so on your shelfie and on your shelves you've got lots of bark you know very oh, miniature know. basketry that looks like it's made with found branches and stuff have you made all those too i did oh they're so lovely yeah. they are honestly tara you're very clever i think and i love the miniatureness Is that, th- did you make the little bag yeah oh shut up <laughs> We're going to take photos, listeners, so you can see all these fantastic things. I'm I'm getting Mrs. Pepperpot vibes. I need to shrink. (laughs) The borrowers? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I want to get on the shelf. I want to be small. I always wanted to be miniature. Now, tell us about your... um, Are these prints I can see on the wall? Well, this was just something I was dabbling with last week. So um, I took the week off the other week and went to the outback of New South Wales to um, Broken Hill and Ooh. Lake Mungo, which Ooh, is actually, wow. it's been dry for 10,000 years, um, and the Menindi Lakes. And it was just so amazing. I hate that word, but I, well, it just literally was. And so they were lino prints, um, which I don't normally do because I find it's all a bit graphic designery. just mm. that whole... Um, the white lines. It can be quite tight. And yeah. I yeah. always imagine myself doing this large expressive mark making, but I never... <laughs> I think that's actually in my mind. doesn't actually happen. Um, so they were kind of that. And then... Um, but it was also just wanting to use a particular tool, like an engraving tool on the lino um, block. So mm. that's what that was about, really. Um, and then similar, these were just experimenting with um, brusho, which is a um, watercolour pigment, but it's crystals. And um, Oh, hello. So, I've never heard of this. I know. So the here is just painting it like watercolour. Yeah. But the whole purpose of it is that it has more of a crystal effect. So does it come in a tube or in a block or? Um, a little pot. So you can sprinkle it and it kind of has that granulating striation. Are they feel. prints though? Um, but in these ones, they're monoprints. So ah. these are printed, uh, painted on the plastic and then put through the press and then cool. that's the ghost print because the pigment is so intense that yeah. you can do a I, second I always print. love a ghost oh, they're, print. They're beautiful. They are. They're like really them. beautiful. You need to show these, Tara. Come on. But they're little... like really bright. <laughs> they're not my muted palette. And so sometimes I get confused and then I'm like, but is that art? That could just be illustration. So then I get confused about. Well, I don't know. There's so much to be said for, like Julie said, just we're artists. You know, when we spoke to Jeff McCann and he was studying and he got told what he was doing wasn't drawing, it was illustration. And you're like, wait a minute. Well, that's what they used to say at school. Like, oh, you, no, no one's allowed to do any manga drawing or cartoons. Yeah. And it's like, God, some cartoonists are the most incredible artists. Why would you deny exactly. yourself? Because basically you're playing, which is exactly what you and should do in, as an yeah, artist. And if you're interested and you're, you're making, who cares? Yeah. Ban the label, I say. And yeah. once I approached a community centre about wanting to teach with them and they said, but you don't have a degree in fine arts. And I said, but you already have people that have that. I want to teach, get in touch with your creativity. Mm. And they said, but that's more of an applied art, not a visual art. Applied art. art. So the answer was no. And I just kind of, yeah. So How that's funny. I ended up years later doing yeah. my own thing. Yeah, definitely. Diversity is the quest- is the thing, isn't it? Diverse of all kinds of arts, isn't it? Of everything. So this might be a bit too heavy, but what what would oh, you God. say is your definition of success? We love this question. So what is what if you 
could, you know, having the perfect Tara dream of the best day creatively, what would it be? Well, it's, I went through, well, I think I still do it. Like, particularly it used to be on the weekend. So like a Sunday night, I'd think, what have I achieved this weekend? Like, and then, I'd often, dangerous and then I'd often go, oh, I forgot to relax. <laughs> uh, I forgot to have a shower. Wait till next week. <laughs> so it's constantly like a little checklist to myself. Like, what have I, like, what have I achieved? Mm. What have I done today? Um, and then I think the success thing, it, like I'm lucky again that I had the job. Um, it's just about balance. Like yeah. if I've done something creative. So part of the pocket find thing also then extended into pockets of time. So for me that was really important and especially, um, you know, having kids and working full time over the last um, decades, whatever, um, before they grew up was always just being able to find that pocket of time. Mm. So rather than like, oh, but I need days in the studio to, you know, create, it was more about like if I just went to the shed and had an hour yeah. after dinner or yeah. on the weekend or whatever, yeah. what can I achieve in that pocket yeah. of time? Yeah, Love you've it. got to train yourself, I think, as a mum and, um, you know, maybe as a dad parent as well. I'm not saying that either. But when you are the primary carer, you you, ha- you can't really be pressured. It, it has to be about the five minutes, the ten minutes, the have it on the kitchen table, mm. have it on an easel in the back of the kitchen. Like it doesn't matter as long as – and you can't really – well, I can't, you know – meditate before I do anything you just literally go in and it doesn't really matter if it's crap you've just got to do it because it's so good for you as well Mm, I think so the turning up is what yeah counts but I do you think a lot of artists are hard on themselves in the in the realms of setting these big goals perhaps and perhaps when you get to the top of that mountain then you see another mountain I don't know and I, I I loved it when Ken Doan said to us because, yeah, he, I think he's pretty successful. Yeah. And when he said his definition of success was that he can walk into the art shop and buy anything he wants. And I thought, yeah, yeah I think that would probably he be mine. buy the art shop. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be able to walk in the art shop and go, yep, I'm having that tube of cabal teal. <laughs> Normally you look on the price list and go, oh, Christ, yeah, this no, is the most expensive I'll get, one. I'll, I'll get the process get the blue. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, like, cause success is kind of like just the luxury of time. Yeah. Yes. Because if someone said to you, if you could have anything, what would you want? I mean, other than not, you know, having financial worry, the next thing on the list time. would probably be time. Definitely. Yeah. Well, definitely. Because we, we were talking before we switched on about how both our parents died young. And I think when you've experienced that, I'm very aware, I think, because my mum died young, that time, we don't, we don't know how long we're going to be here for. So let's just get on with it. Get on with it, definitely. Which is why I have Julie in my life. Get on with it, Fiona. Yeah, mate, I'll kill you off early. So what, what advice would you give artists working full time? To how to manage that? Is it, the, yeah. is it the pockets of time thing? Yeah, so people that are artists but they have another They day. have a full-time yes, job, yeah. yeah, which is most artists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, to break it down and um, just uh, you don't beat yourself up about it and, um, yeah, to just try and find those pockets of time. Mm. I mean, I think the other thing too that people often experience is um, agonising over whether something is good enough um and then even like just sharing that on social media but to me like we were talking also about did I post every day and 
uh, you know, haven't done that so much recently, but when I have just that thing of like sort of scrounging around going, what am I going to post tomorrow? What am I going to post tomorrow? Which sounds ridiculous, but also through doing that, you become less precious about it. Yeah. Because mm. so many times I've thought, oh, well, that's a bit crap, um, but that's all I've got. And I've put it up and people have reacted to it. Definitely. And it's just been really interesting then mm. because you do work in isolation a lot. And so can you even judge what you're doing anyway? And yeah. also making it a bit fun. I mean, I, my Instagram's a bit silly, but, you know, I smashed a piece of glass yesterday. Best thing I've done for weeks. Love that piece of glass. <laughs> it was like, that's really beautiful. But do you think it's important not to treat the art practice like your job? Like, don't come at it this sort of, like, deadline, organised... Money, profit. I mean, you've got to be professional, but I think it's a confusing thing being professional because, you know, people say we aren't very professional, but there's different... I think it's taking things seriously. We take our art and our podcast very seriously. But we're not, like in business suits do you know what I mean I think there's and maybe when you come to your art practice because you want it to be something that that relaxes you or frees you you don't want to come to it like your corporate job yeah and it comes back to me to that play yeah that word that people um and again like from teaching that's often comes up a lot people go oh I didn't realize I could just play and you think what happens to Mm. you know when at what point in someone's life do they forget like what, that thing of kid being a kid and just for hours you can go off to yeah. your room and just faff about yeah. playing. Have fun. Um, School, that's what does it to most people. Because yeah. you, you're not allowed to play. So Even I, in the art room, you're not allowed to play. No, there's the rules. It's just everything is rules. Faff, so it's one of my favourite words, Tara. Faff, I love a good faff. Coming yeah. in faff. here is um, just playing and also that thing of sometimes, you know, that where people go, oh, but, you know, the muse and how do you know what you're going to do when you come into a space? And I kind of feel like it is like that dog scratching around. Like even if you don't really have an intention, you just come in and you kind of mm. do that, like mm. sniffing and scratching mm. and then mm. you might just find something on the desk. And go you in the bin. That That's what my dog does. Yeah. <laughs> But you often look, I, I, I think it's important to have your work up around or around because I often go in and then I go, oh, God, what's going on with that one? And I'll swap the paintings over and start on that one and not the one I thought I was going to do. And then you just see things, mm. but you've got to yeah. be there to, to do it all. You, you need a shelf. We all need a shelf. You need a shelf. Um, or a magnetic wall. <gasps> is, that is that magnetic? Yeah. Oh, oh, don't. Yeah. Fiona will be getting one. Oh. Is that magnetic paint? No, it was just um, excellent husband just got some uh, galvanised tin and then nailed it to some plywood and then put it on the wall. I think my lovely... Is my piece of glass, Claire Brody? is that magnetic? I thought you were going to say lovely husband. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Well, and the other thing that's magnetised, you put out a beautiful display of your work for us and you've got some absolutely stunning mini books of your work which are just gorgeous yeah. so tell like us again tiny, i'd say they'd be like Get an into in- me i want to put them on the wall please oh yeah <laughs> um an inch and a half by an inch and I they're like to play. Mini, mini display books of your work what was yeah. the what was the app called because um so they're through social print studio um and you get three for 21 us dollars oh. and i've kind of just had them as little pocket portfolios 
They are so yeah, good. So they're tiny, wee little pocket-sized so books. They're so cute. They are just gorgeous. And they've just got like a portfolio of all your work, like a mini catalogue. Love it. That's the other thing, all that playing. Then people say, well, where do you put it? And it's literally kind of all just shoved in shelves and stuff in here. But it's nice to just be able to have a go-to little... Because then on those days where you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't... I just blah, 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 blah. Just come just, in and grab one and... Yeah, you can yeah. flip through it and go, oh, mm. well, actually, I, I did put together something once. Well, because we interviewed Suzanne Archer not long ago and, and she keeps a documentation of her work that's quite fastidious. It's amazing, like these books. And I have had the intention now to do the same thing and I've done two pages, but I will. But like that, to look back at your work... Yes. Um, and she takes a photo at the end of every day in the studio and puts in the book with notes or whatever. And then you can look back because often you go, how did I do that? Yeah. Because yeah. you're not quite aware in the moment. And if you want to carry things forward, it's good to look back and see where that work went and where you're going. Mm. I think it's really important and I, I will do it. Oh, my God. it would be it, It's like that, though, you know, just to have, you know... Like you've done these beautiful catalogues of the shelfie and the pocket finds. Again, you can look through and go, oh, yeah, that's where I got that idea. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice having the luxury of um, graphic design background to put together a whip up a book. But, like, Mm. they're through Blurb, um, and so anybody can do them. And all those kind of um, print-on-demand websites just make it so much easier. Definitely. than it used to be. Definitely. And I I found um, in iMovie the other day, you can make they they you put it in your little videos in and they make a little movie for you. You don't even have to edit it yourself. They just take little snippets. Well, you're not going to send me one, are you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I made one of us, but she clearly doesn't want it. Did you? Yeah. Oh Aww. Christ! Music. Instagram. <laughs> Well, Tara, Tara, thank you so thank much. Thank you, that was thank amazing. You. And I, I, we will have. A we're going to have a really a good little ferret round, <laughs> yeah, and we're going to take lots of photos, and we're going to put yeah. all these links in the show. Have notes. you got anything um, coming, up. coming up to tell? To tell. Oh, <laughs> to share. Um, well, um, yes, I'm actually part of a group show um, in Gosford Regional Art Gallery. Oh, great. Um, which opens on the 24th, um, and that's, um, yeah, through a little studio there called the Maker Studio, um, which I've got some oh, holograph prints um, in that. Oh, so fab. I actually had to go and get something framed. Yes. <laughs> they, they looked at me and they said, they, you haven't been here for a while, have you? And I said, no. What's a holograph? Um, so you kind of use cardboard um, and then that becomes the plate. So it's like a relief. So you stick the cardboard down onto the... Other, another piece of cardboard and then you glue or shellac over the top and then you put the ink over oh, and cool. then you can pull a print oh great you'd quite like a bit of cardboard oh, like a yeah. yes and you've got a lovely press i see yeah that was in the first year of the pandemic when something got cancelled and then again my access to the studios became a thing and so um i justified that yeah definitely yeah. yeah when your accountant says you've got all these art expenses and you're like but People spend a lot of time doing sport and no one ever questions how yeah. that is going the to work The gym membership. Yeah. Yeah. Income. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good on you, Tara. Tell that accountant. Yeah. God. It's like I say at schools, there's medals for sport, 
There's sports days that the whole school has to go and attend and watch. Yeah, swimming really carnival, is, sports carnival. Where's the art, art carnival? Where's the badges on the T-shirts for being good at art or reading or history or thing? The, the, or acting or singing. Bizarre, or, like the levels of, of, yeah. of importance is mm. all askew. Creative problem solving. Mm. Yeah, all askew. Anyway. I bet that in France they have the art badge. No, another sweeping statement. Okay, thank you so much for your time, <laughs> thank Tara. You. Thank you, thank Tara. You. Bye. Thank you. Please don't forget to rate and review and share this podcast. It helps my mum and her friend Fiona get more listeners. Thank you.